it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting today from my home studios on Strong Island. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never attacked a pro-life center in Wisconsin. Check this out. Abortion activists getting violent at churches and family centers across the country. And Jen Psaki now reversing her position on telling people to protest wherever they want. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people feel that way, and we'll discuss it with Molly Hemingway, who will be here to take us inside a media meltdown that is reaching Chernobyl proportions. And Shannon Bream, who was at the Kentucky Derby over the weekend, she will put down the mint julep pick up the phone and call in. Although i got to be honest with you, you probably fit in better on this show if you're still drinking the mint juleps. But 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... We begin with the obvious, uh, which is that we survived. We defied the odds, and we survived a pretty hellacious weekend down in Tampa Bay. A shout-out to everybody who came out to the Tampa Improv. And, of course, Bob Joyce, who runs as fine of a club as there is in this country. What I mean, just a hang and a half, really, really quickly. It meant a lot to me, so I'd be remiss if I didn't throw a few shout-outs off the top. My man Mike Jacobs and Tanya, who hung out with us Thursday and Friday. They should get combat credit for that. Just a fantastic couple. We love them. Uh, my man Cal who got me uh, me and Mikey pretty tanked to do Amici on Friday. Jack and his lovely wife, Andy, who gave me a velvet jacket uh, that I think she believes I'm going to be wearing on the air sometime soon. Wrong. I kid, Andy. It was gorgeous. I may. You never know. And, of course, a shout-out to Bruce Maduri and Brad James at WHBO. And my man, Jeremy Brown. Uh, I did not meet Jeremy at Do Amici. Uh, but his lovely wife stopped by to tell me to give him a, sh- a uh, shout-out uh, because he's actually in prison right now. What the hell did you just say? He shouldn't be there. It's a long story. We will cover it later in the day. But long story short, uh, everybody getting a shout-out on this Monday except Jen Psaki. She's worse than Kamala. Oh, man. What a bad one. Okay, if you remember this, uh, where we started or on Friday was my man Peter Ducey. Second best hair in all of cable news. That's not nothing. You got the silver medal in cable news, and just to be clear, the gold belongs to Border Bill Malusion, who him and, you know, Deucey are pretty much in the same class in terms of hair. But you got to give props to Malusion because he's outdoors, okay? The guy's doing his job at the border, in a river, in the wind, in the rain. You can't, you know, Deucey, I love him. He's adorable, but he plays in a dome. He's in the White House press briefing room. So Malusion should, in fact, have the gold medal in hair. I agree with But again, talking about combat credit, Peter Ducey, for the amount of BS he puts up with out of that podium in the White House press briefing room, does deserve some consideration of his own. Because this is where we took it on Friday. If you remember, Ducey was speaking with Jen Psaki uh, about the idea that activists were going to show up outside of conservative justice houses over the weekend, which they did. Okay, abortion activists were at the house of Brett Kavanaugh. 
They were at the house of Justice Alito. And let me be very clear, okay? If you are showing up at a judge's house, you're not a protester. You're not a demonstrator. You're a Okay, very clear. Okay, there's no in-between. Okay, the whole social pressure, do what we want or else. Okay, that's not how the country's supposed to work, number one. Number two, this is something everyone should be roundly condemning, regardless of which political party the protesters happen to be affiliated with. But was anybody last week condemning the idea of activists showing up at judges' houses? The answer would be no. Of course not. Not even Saki. So let's start here. Here was Ducey talking to Saki on Friday. Asking if the White House was going to condemn the idea of protesters showing up and knocking on the door or marching in the street or chanting and screaming. Here it is, clip eight. Do you think the progressive activists that are now planning protests outside some of the justices' houses are extreme? Peaceful protest? No, peaceful protest is not extreme. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants? The president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to, to protest. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Wildly ashamed. Oh, there's a lot of passion. No, you don't understand. A lot of sadness. Because, you know, when you can't kill babies anymore, that's depressing. That's what they believe on the left. They're crazy. Man, it's so sad. Mother's Day is here. We can't even kill babies. I mean, it's bananas. We're really living in the death of shame. Okay? And uh, when Saki said that, understand, last week... It's because the White House was perfectly fine with activist protesters showing up to the homes of SCOTUS justices because they're trying to apply a maximum pressure campaign. That's what's going on. You know, you understand this this draft document was leaked. It was leaked. Why? Because between now and when the court rules in June, they're hoping to ratchet up public sentiment enough that one of these judges will actually crack and they can reverse this decision to repeal Roe versus Wade. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But let me be very clear again and again and again, okay? Some people are listening for the first time, and I want you to understand, if you disagree with me on any of this, I'm not talking to you as if you're my enemy and how dare you, okay? It's America. We're all entitled to our opinions. My job is not to recruit you to the Republican Party, okay? That's not my side. My side is America, okay? America works. We all win when we're all entitled to our opinions, okay, when we do, in fact, have this thing called freedom of speech, where we're not creating censorship boards and ministries of truth to silence opposition because it's politically inconvenient. But again, every one of the Democratic debate points here is standing on top of quicksand for all intents and purposes because they're lies, they're straw man arguments. If Roe versus Wade gets repealed, this is not the end of democracy. It's the beginning of democracy because it would go back to the states and each individual state would then vote on Roe versus Wade. He knows what he's talking about. So anyone telling you straight up, oh no, this is the end of democracy. We've had this right for 50 years. If they repeal it, democracy's dead. Every one of those people is lying to you. Okay, that's lie number one. Lie number two, and this is what really ratcheted up the chaos, okay, is every one of these 
Democratic lawmakers and their mouthpieces like Jen Psaki have gone out and convinced everybody that, oh, they're out to get you. The Republicans want to get you. The church wants to get you. They're going to force pregnancies on you. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, understand this. Okay, it's really, it's really a reach. Like, hydrate if you're going to echo that talking point because you're going to pull a muscle reaching as far as the Democrats are reaching when they use the term forced pregnancy. Okay, forced pregnancy sounds like they're making you get pregnant. And i got to be honest, in this day and age, you got a lot of options not to get pregnant. Okay, you've got the pill, you've got IUDs, you've got condoms, you've got abstinence. And if you've got a haircut like my producer Mikey's, bingo. You don't have to worry about anything. But the point is, again, cheap shots at Mikey aside, and he deserves a few. The guy racked up a hell of a bar tab over the weekend, most of which I footed. Can't put Mikey's expenses on the Fox card. That doesn't work. That doesn't end good. <laughs> no. Jimmy, it says here uh, $2,500 for bail money? Uh, well, I don't get this. Uh, but the point is. When you hear things like forced pregnancy, it's making it sound like they're making people go out and get pregnant. That is a fact check false. Of course. And again, they're also lying. They're also lying. When they say like Mississippi, which has a trigger law that went into effect in 2007. When you hear the Democrats yelling about states where abortion would immediately become illegal or Roe versus Wade to get struck down. okay, even Mississippi, which is considered the harshest law in the land grants an exception in cases of rape or if the mother's life is hanging in balance. So when the Democrats say, oh, they don't even care if somebody gets raped, they don't even care if the woman's going to die. Okay, that's not the truth. Let me give you a drop of this, and then I want to get into the Pelosi stuff, and then I'll pull it full circle so you understand exactly why we're doing what we're doing in this moment, which is shooting down one Democratic straw man argument after another. Tate Reeves, the governor of Mississippi, he's a Republican. Uh, They would have you believe he's the devil and he wants every woman to die. Well, here he is outlining what would happen if, in fact, his state were to ban abortion. Clip five. If, in fact, the, the leaked opinion, Chuck, is accurate... And if, in fact, this court votes to overturn Roe, you are correct. Our trigger law will go into effect, and we will ban abortions, with the exceptions of rape and the the life of the mother because of that trigger law that passed uh, in 2007. So did you hear that? Okay, if a woman is raped, they're not making her carry her baby to term. Honestly, I don't think they should either. And I'm sorry to anybody in the pro-life crowd, you could disagree with that, but I listen. I I don't want to sit here and tell you as someone who would prefer people to choose life that that's, you know, the set of circumstances, you know, because I don't know that I'd want to sign up to carry that baby myself for all intents and purposes. okay? but when the Democrats say, oh, even rape victims, forced pregnancies, no one is being forced to care to get pregnant. Number one. Number two, you have so many options. Again, if you have 12 hours to march in front of Brett Kavanaugh's house. You probably have two minutes to pick up a condom or go on the pill or go to the doctor and get an IUD or maybe just abstain from sex if you're that hell-bent on not getting pregnant. I think he's got a point. I understand accidents are going to happen, but we do need some modicum of personal responsibility in our lives. And that pertains not only to sex but political rhetoric because the same Democrats who tell you you got to watch what you say, if you tell people to take the fight to them and then they do, you're, it's, you're liable. 
Okay, well, here's Nancy Pelosi over the weekend just lying her face off, saying it's Mother's Day, they're slapping women in the face. It's clip one. You'll have to talk to the Senate about the Senate, but I do think that it puts an urgency on what's happening in the election. Uh, two more, one or two more senators could uh, sweep back the uh, filibuster rule mm -hmm. uh, for this purpose, and then women would have a right to choose. This is about uh, something so serious and so personal and so disrespectful of women. Here we are on Mother's Day, a week where the court has slapped women in the face in terms of disrespect yeah. for their uh, judgment about the size and timing of their families. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. To be clear, women are not being denied the right to plan the size and timing of their families. Women can go on the pill. Women can use condoms. Women can abstain. Women can get an IUD. This fact that the only option in play should be the one that kills babies, I got to be honest with you, it's a little bit of a reach, number one. Number two, it's just not the truth. But here's Pelosi saying, we got to pressure these judges. Come on, clip three. We have to be, uh, have a clarity in what this draft decision means so that the final decision doesn't go that far. The Chief Justice has said this is, this is authentic, but it is not final. I don't know mm -hmm. if he used the word authentic. It's right. real, but not final. So, uh, again, the, uh, Lincoln said public sentiment is everything. With it, you can yeah. accomplish almost anything. Without it, nothing. And women just have to weigh in. I don't yeah. think there's a good outcome here, but I think there's a better outcome than what we have seen in the first draft, which is radical. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Every Democrat is lying to you when they say, oh, public sentiment, it's on our side. Public sentiment is on their side for the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. After that, two-thirds of Americans do not support abortion in the second trimester, or heaven forbid, the third, where we are now on North Korean and Chinese standing in terms of human rights atrocities. This is all a lie. But when she says people need to get out there and put the pressure on the court, well, that's exactly what they did over the weekend, telling women they're under attack, telling they're losing their right to plan a family. No, just a day after. Jen Psaki said, ah, it doesn't matter where people protest. It's not a big deal. The White House doesn't care where they protest. Well, here she is issuing a tweet this morning after what happened. Okay, a group of abortion activists showed up to a family planning center in Wisconsin, hit the place with Molotov cocktails, and wrote in graffiti, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Yo, that's disgusting. And understand that if someone had showed up and done this to an abortion clinic over the weekend with all the rhetoric flying around, you'd have the National Guard everywhere in America right now standing by to look out for white supremacists. Tell them like it is. Okay, but because it was a Republican pro-life center that got hit with a Molotov cocktail, no big deal, carry on. But nonetheless, Jen Psaki sensing some blowback after her remarks on Friday, telling people, you know, in the words of Digital Underground, do what you like. Protest where you want. The White House doesn't have a position. 
Well, the White House seems to be taking a position now, a little bit too little too late. POTUS strongly believes in the constitutional right to protest, but that should never include violence, threats, or vandalism. Judges perform an incredibly important function in our society, and they must be able to do their jobs without concern for their personal safety. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be talking with Molly Hemingway and Shannon Bream later today. Batting leadoff in Hawley, Pennsylvania, Melissa joins the party. Hey, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Oh, great. I survived Tampa Bay, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good on a Monday. Most people thought me and Mikey were going to get ourselves killed down there, but we're here. We're here to talk to you, Melissa. I'm glad you're doing good. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, share my opinion about okay. abortion when it comes to rape. As okay. I know you did say that that's the one area where you do agree on it. So uh-huh. what we're told to do, as if anything happens to you and you do get raped, you're mm-hmm. supposed to go to the hospital right after yeah. to get checked mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. when you go to the hospital right after you get raped, They'll give you the morning after pill. So uh-huh. then, like, mm-hmm. if you Ide- decide in an ideal you don't want to go to the hospital, yeah, yes. But if you, you make, decide no, you, you don't want to go to the hospital, uh-huh. then uh-huh. you're uh-huh. you're deciding not to go to the hospital. Then you're deciding to have a kid. Well, let me just if jump that in. That is what and, happens. No, I, I I understand in that scenario, but there are scenarios we should admit that where they don't have the option of going to the hospital right away. Um, and, you know, we don't every one of these happens under a different set of circumstances. And then there's, you know, the reality of, let's say you were dating like Bill Cosby and you didn't even know what happened to you right away. I mean, it's it's rough. And the point is, it's it's yeah. a really dicey spot for me there. And I think there's a reason why even the governor, Tate Reeves of Mississippi, who would outright ban abortion, is making a rape exception, because I think we're asking a lot of a woman who's dealing with a great degree of trauma. That being said, I mean, I think you're making points about options being available, and that's why I welcome these phone calls because this isn't the kind of show where we're like, screw you, Melissa. You know, I'm not talented enough yeah. to scare people away. You know what I'm saying? Maybe in a few more years when I get good at this. But uh, I- I'm going to invite more people to weigh in on this because I don't want to lose you to the commercial break uh, without knowing that I do respect your opinion. But could you really quickly in 20 seconds, can you at least see where in some of these instances the woman wouldn't have that option right away? Yeah, I do, and I think that's one of the good reasons why it will probably still be available in certain states. Yeah, uh-huh. and there is another side where you know sometimes yep. the baby. We'll does- do it again because you're spot on with some of this. Good stuff, Melissa. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, star of Stage and Screen. Uh, Tomorrow, I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, tomorrow night at 11 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Thursday, me and Harris Faulkner getting the band back together on the Faulkner Focus. I will also 
uh, be appearing with Kennedy that night on the Kennedy Show. She'll be appearing on my show Thursday afternoon as well. It's a double header for me and the K Train. And then on uh, Friday, me and the great Neil Cavuto making the magic happen. If you happen to be in the New York area, uh, this Wednesday night, I am doing stand-up at the stand. Myself and the legendary Bonnie McFarlane, Kenny Krantz, will be there as well. You might have heard him on this show a time or two. And uh, we'll be yucking it up right in New York City this Thursday night down in Gramercy Park. So if you're in the tri-state area, you want to hang out with your radio buddy, come on down. Uh, I don't know that we'll be able to get Mikey past security this time around. Uh, but, Mikey, Mikey, you're always welcome at any club I play. <laughs> So not every club, but uh, I think they, they did love Mikey at the improv, uh, and, and you'd love him, too, if you had a $2,300 bar tab at the end of the night. But let's stay focused, because right now we're not talking about Mikey's issues. We are talking about a media meltdown that is, I mean, wow, they have dialed it up to 11. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, okay? And I'm just going to walk you through this clip by clip. And as we did with Melissa earlier, if you disagree with any of this, call up, talk to me, man. I'm not, I'm not here to make you hate the media. I want you to like the media. In a perfect world, we could trust the media. But sadly, we're living in an America where more people trust the finger sandwiches at Jeffrey Dahmer's house than they do the actual media. And it's for stupid stuff like we played you last week with, oh, if they take away abortion... They're going after gay marriage. They're going after integrated schools. They're going to ban gay people from society. And they're doing all of this with a straight face. Why? Because they're trying to rile people up politically. Okay? CNN has a pullout on the effect it's having. And long story short, people aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. I'm going to show you this poll. I'm going to read it to you line by line. But I want to play you a couple of clips along the way. Because I told you this last week. Saki got out there and said, oh, it doesn't matter where you protest. Pelosi got out there. Oh, they slapped women in the face. Joy Reid got out there and said, I'm going on a sex strike. And every guy in America said, Thank God, Joy Behar. Joy Behar and her sex strike anyway. But Joy Behar said, yeah, I'm going on a sex strike. I do believe it was her husband's idea. He's like, yeah, honey. Yeah, girl, you should have had no sex. You show them, girl. (laughs) He's like, oh, God, if I could just get out of banging this broad. (laughs) Not good. Uh, But stick with me for a second here, okay, because they tried convincing you everyone in the world was under attack. Some people bought it. They showed up to Supreme Court justices' homes. They started firebombing pro-life centers in Wisconsin, and that's where you got the Jen Psaki tweet I read earlier about, you know, the president of the United States Strongly believes in the right to protest, but that should never include violence, threats, or vandalism. Judges perform an incredibly important function in our society. They must be able to do their jobs without concern for their personal safety. That's what she said last week and uh, this week after clinics got bombed, houses got picketed. Okay, and understand why she did what she did. Last week, last week, okay, they were out there saying everybody's under attack. They tried to convince the world that everyone's rights in this country were under attack because they thought it would be good for them politically. Now that their side is physically attacking people, they're telling them to stand down because it turns out it's pretty bad for them politically. Bingo. Okay, and that's always the calculus. It's how do we get power? How do we leverage what's going on in the country for our own political gain? They don't care about you. They don't care about women. They don't care about any of this. Understand, the Democrats controlled... All three branches of government, 
under Barack Obama, they could have codified Roe versus Wade, but Barack Obama himself said he was really on shaky ground when it came to doing so. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, so this wasn't an issue then, okay? Their politics, their party has evolved. We now have things that constitute straight-up infanticide in Colorado. Yo, Colorado, you could abort a baby in the ninth month. Okay, you can abort a baby in Colorado literally 25 weeks into its viability phase. So this kid could be living outside of the mom's body for 25 weeks. You could still abort the baby. Yo, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. But that's the Colorado governor who got behind it. And Jen Psaki says that according to Joe Biden, neither one of them have a problem with that law. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Oh, it's just disgusting. But again... What they are trying to weaponize is emotion. They deal with people whose emotions are their facts. Get them emotional, you win the day. It's not about debate. It's not about scientific evidence. It's not about what happens to the babies. Come on, this is about the convenience of women. There go, according to Tiffany Crossover at MSNBC, if you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't have an opinion on Roe versus Wade. Now, let's just start there. Because I know a lot of people who don't have uteruses, uh, they are called men. And up until a week ago, the Democrats were telling us men couldn't get pregnant or men could get pregnant with a straight face. No, you don't understand. Men can get pregnant. This is like a thing. And now they've had to walk that back. The shameless transactional nature of Democratic politics right now is really something to behold. Okay, my body, my choice is a thing again. Do you remember when, you know, the vaccine was in town? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get the vaccine. Put it in my body. It's not my choice to put that in the body. And the Democrats are like, shut up. Get the vaccine or you're fired. Now they're back a few weeks later and they're, ho, ho, hey. My body, my choice. Never mind that there's two bodies involved when it comes to abortion as opposed to one body when it comes to the vaccine. It's shamelessly transactional. But listen to this MSNBC clip because it's fascinating. It's clip 15. I don't think anyone with a penis... Uh, should be making it should have any say unless it's someone that me or that pregnant person it, it, um, includes into into that decision, um, you know. And I and, and moving forward when dealing with women's health care and, and people with vagina. When I say women, I'm including non-gender conforming individuals and, oh, and trans women. So if you are someone who does not have a vagina, if you don't have a uterus, you should not be making any decisions, any opinions, unless you are a medically trained and schooled doctor period that's all i'm gonna say on that get her out get her out of here are you ready for this one okay so direct quote if you don't have a uterus you're not a medically trained doctor you shouldn't be allowed to make a decision you shouldn't have an opinion on roe versus wade well by that metric we should strike down the law immediately because all nine judges that put it into law were men. Oh, wow. So men shouldn't have an opinion on Roe versus Wade. Hell no. We can't have a man have an opinion on Roe versus Wade. Hey, by the way, didn't men pass Roe versus Wade? I think he's got a point. Do you see how transactionally stupid people are? Again, this isn't a smart radio show. This is not the smart show. It's not a wonky show. We don't bore you to death with data points. I don't know any. 
I'm just like a regular guy processing the world on the same level you are. Guy who spent most of his life driving around in a taxi, telling jokes in opium dens on the Lower East Side of New York. I'm asking the questions you're asking. It's the reason the show is popular. It's because I prioritize what you prioritize because I've spent more time being you than I have being this guy in the media that people now recognize everywhere he goes. That's crazy to me. But it helps me behave. It's great, you know. Once I, you're walking down the street, you're like, hey, are you the Fox guy, you Jimmy Fallon? I'm like, wow, i got to get my life together. This isn't good. You can't be hanging out at the dog track <laughs> or all hours of the night if you're going to get reported. You know what I mean? So you got to play a little defense. But the point is, when they say stupid things like this, they're called, you know, they on, on social media, they say, it's a cell phone. It's a cell phone. Your point refutes your point. Okay, nobody with a nobody with a penis should have a decision, should have a voice when it comes to Roe versus Wade. We'll strike it down, girlfriend, because all nine judges were men. But if you bring that up, they're like, the number you have called is not in service. Because they're not even listening to themselves. Okay, what was the Nancy Pelosi clip? Abortions about the right to a woman's privacy. So let's go march on the private residence of a Supreme Court justice. Because privacy, right? They're not listening to themselves. And that's why no one, no one is listening to them. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Are you ready for this? This is fascinating. Oh, man. So there's a CNN poll. Okay. CNN has a poll. They have one that was taken right before the SCOTUS leak, meaning before this draft document was leaked and everybody went crazy, they had a poll out the day before when it came to voter sentiment for the midterms. Well, when the draft got leaked, they immediately took a poll the day after to see how this would move the needle in terms of politics. That's what CNN did. They were like, well, you know, they want us to help Democrats by leaking this document. (laughs) Let's get out there and see if it worked. CNN is the worst. They really are. But are you ready for this? Okay. uh, CNN reports that before and after the leak... Okay, the voter sentiment in two parties. Remember, this was supposed to send the needle soaring into the stratosphere. Oh, hell no. You can't repeal Roe versus Wade. Democrats are going to vote in record numbers. You're going to see enthusiasm, the likes of which we've never seen. Are you ready for this? CNN reporting it as even. They're saying the surge in voter sentiment is even. And even that, just so we're clear, is a lie. Okay, are you ready for this? The share of registered voters who say they are extremely or very enthusiastic about voting this fall rose 6% between the first survey and the second survey, meaning before they leaked the SCOTUS draft. Okay, Democrats were at 43%. Uh, they were you know, more likely to vote. Well, we're excited to vote. We're excited to vote. When they leaked the SCOTUS draft and said, oh, Roe vs. Wade might get appeal, get repealed, Democrats got more exciting. Their support went up by 6%. Okay? But amongst, amongst Republicans, are you ready? Are you ready? Amongst Republicans, it's actually up 9% amongst Republicans. 56% of Republicans say the SCOTUS leak has ratcheted up their enthusiasm to vote. So you understand, for Democrats, it went up 6%. For Republicans, it went up 9%. CNN claims with a straight face that that is even. (laughs) It's not even. Republican enthusiasm went up more 
in the aftermath of this leak than Democratic enthusiasm. But let's continue. Okay, Republicans hold a narrow edge over Democrats on the generic ballot test, 49 percent to 42 percent. Yo, that's not narrow. 49 to 42, you're talking about tens of millions of votes. But you see how CNN is still trying to frame this in a positive manner for the Democratic Party. Okay, they're calling it a slight improvement for Republicans compared with the poll conducted immediately before the ruling. Although on the economy, the issue most likely to be a driving factor for voters this fall, nearly half of adults in the latest poll say the Republican Party's positions are more aligned with their own compared to 31% for the Democratic Party. So do you understand? This leak, this leak was designed to galvanize support for the Democratic Party. But the actual issue of abortion is not currently a top five issue for people heading to the polls. The number one issue for people heading to the polls is the economy. And when it comes to the economy, Biden is such a disaster. 46% of Republicans uh, of voters say they, they believe the Republicans are more aligned with their values than the Democrats, which is at 31%. So on the biggest issue people are going to the polls behind, Republicans have a 15% lead. Yo, that is massive. Okay, three quarters in the CNN poll say which party controls Congress makes a real difference. A figure that did not shift at all between the two polls, with more Republicans saying so than Democrats. So the Republicans have a 10-point edge there. Do you understand? This did not move the needle at all. This unprecedented leak, which was done purely for political purposes, compromising the integrity of the court in a way we never have before, was done because, hey, the Democrats are on the right side of good and evil. And we've got to, you know... We've got to stop the bad guys at all costs. Those bad guys want to let the babies live. Come on, what kind of psycho tries to protect a baby? Who's with me? Crickets. Nobody's with you. You sound like a bunch of psychopaths. Okay, but understand, overall, these findings suggest the overall picture for the midterm elections is little changed after this week's news, at least in the short term. Only about half the country say they have heard a great deal or a good amount about the draft. Supreme Court option thus far, 49%. With 51%, they've heard just some or nothing at all about it. End results, okay, and this is the part that is so funny for CNN and for everybody in the media that's trying to run with this. Oh, they did it now. We leaked this draft document. Voters are going to be fired up. Republicans are going to pay. Wrong. Not even a little bit, okay. According to the CNN poll, 38% of voters say they are now extremely enthusiastic about voting this fall. Okay, now that this document has been leaked, 20% say they're angry. Do you follow me? More people are happy it got leaked than angry by 18%. Yet there is every media outlet known to man telling you, oh, this thing is going to really turn the election on its head. People are worked up about the abortion laws. Republicans have no idea what they got themselves into. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Because you understand what the polling data shows us is it's not even. Repealing Roe versus Wade got Republicans more excited than it did Democrats. You want to know why? Because people would rather root for something than against something. Okay, and in this instance, Republicans are rooting for life. Democrats are rooting against it because it can be inconvenient. It can be expensive. And if you want to know, I mean, it's no different than anything else in the world. Okay, when you watch the World Series and your team's in it, you're pretty excited to watch it. 
When you're watching the World Series and you don't have a team in it and you just like, oh, you hate the Yankees, you don't really care that much because it's not your team. Okay, in this instance, abortion comes down to one single solitary team that nobody's talking about, and that's babies. And in this world, as dire and as grotesque and as disgusting as it's been in the last couple of years, there are more people that would rather get out of bed and live with themselves knowing they were rooting for babies than they were rooting against them. You're absolutely right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to have a grown-up conversation about this mess of a world. It's, uh, it's getting a little sloppier out there. Uh, over the weekend, we had a Kentucky Derby. Uh, my horse is, I think, in a glue factory right now. You know, they're talking about the winner, Rich Strike, running like he was on performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, my horse ran like he smoked a bong. Uh, it was not pretty. Uh, but I'm alive. I'm here to tell the tale. Uh, <laughs> but it made me laugh uh, because, you know, the whole thing is in my house, I grew up in a big, you know, big gambling house. We always bet the Kentucky Derby. One of the most badass things that ever happened in my life was my grandma, my mom's mom, uh, who was for all intents and purposes on life support and was just hours from death's door. It was the Friday before the Derby. And my uncle, Sonny, had a copy of the Daily News on her little stand next to her bed. And uh, when she went into cardiac arrest and the nurses ran in, my uncle Sonny told her to pick a horse. And she circled Grindstone with Jerry Bailey, who made the biggest comeback in the history of the Derby, beat Cavanier in a photo finish. We all won a ton of money, but do we have any of that money left now for all the races since? The answer would be no. Thanks a lot, Grandma. You hooked us all. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. I'm actually broadcasting from my home studio today because Lincoln Fallon is making his confirmation later this afternoon. So I need to be out on Strong Island uh, for today's episode of Fox Across America. And it is a big episode. Why? Because Molly Hemingway is joining us in this hour. We will also have Shannon Bream fresh off a stint at the Kentucky Derby, where the word on the street is she bet the winning horse, Rich Strike, at 80 to 1. So hopefully Shannon Bream stops by with some cash for your radio buddy. Lord knows I can always use a pick-me-up after a day at the racetrack. But right now we are not discussing that. We're discussing a different type of financial pick-me-up for a guy by the name of Hunter Biden who, according to a new report, got all of his tax debt wiped out by a Hollywood producer who put up two million American dollars to the IRS. Hunter's a dirtbag. This is a fascinating one, and it comes on the heels of a wild day in the White House yesterday where Jill Biden, Jill Biden, the first lady, went over to Ukraine uh, to meet with the Ukrainian leadership, wish them a happy Mother's Day. According to the White House, Joe Biden spent the day golfing. Isn't it weird that everyone's going to Ukraine except Biden? Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know if that's the reason why, but everyone else is going. They send Blinken. They send Jill Biden. Anyone can go. Uh, but they do not. They do not uh, send Joe Biden. If anything, they'll send him to Epcot. Tell him he's in Ukraine. Uh, but, yes, the White House said he was not there yesterday. Uh, he was out on the golf course, which, again, I don't have a problem with Biden golfing. 
I just wish his border policy wasn't the U.S. Open. There it is. Okay, but we begin not with a Joe Biden conversation, but with a Hunter Biden conversation. And this is fascinating. Okay, let me read you this. Because it's really, I mean, I don't know where we're going here in terms of this IRS investigation. What I do know is when the IRS is investigating somebody for tax fraud and there's an outstanding debt, okay, paying that debt off tends to get the White House off your butt. They just want their money at the end of the day. They're not looking to make this guy die in prison. They're just looking to get paid. So where we begin is Kevin Morris. He's an entertainment attorney. He's a writer. He's actually repped uh, the South Park guys, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Uh, he actually co-produced the Book of Mormon, which is one of the best children's plays I have ever seen. If you haven't taken the kids, uh, I strongly suggest uh, Book of Mormon. The younger, the better. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> That's a good joke. That was a silly joke. Uh, but the point is, Book of Mormon, he is a co-producer of Book of Mormon. He's repped Matthew McConaughey, Ellen DeGeneres, Scarlett Johansson, and Chris Rock. Uh, and he apparently has footed the bill. For Hunter Biden's overdue taxes, according to reporting from our girl, Miranda Devine, at the New York Post. Now, Miranda, who joins us on the show quite frequently, is actually down in Australia covering her uh, home country's elections this week. So she will not be appearing on the show, uh, but her article will. It says, according to this reporting, Morris is not only paying off Hunter's tax debts, but he's been helping to fund his lavish L.A. lifestyle. He's been covering his rent and living expenses and uh, helping him figure out how to manage the income, the windfall from that painting sale. Do you remember when Hunter was selling his paintings in a gallery here in New York City for $500,000 a painting? Yo, that's more than a Monet, 500000 for one painting. And if you think the cost is high, you should meet the painter. Oh, my goodness. But understand, it's a real dereliction of duty going on in our media right now. And I'm not a you know, big fan of whataboutism or what if this was Trump, but can we at least be honest? Because I'm not running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. If you listen to the show day in, day in and day out, I'm plenty critical of everybody. Uh, but the truth is, if this was a Trump kid who was being investigated by the IRS, who had 150 transactions flagged by the Obama Justice Department when Obama was president, who we now come to find out had his debts paid off by a Hollywood producer who was still paying his rent? Be a little bit of noise out of the media right now. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Be a little interest, okay? And I don't have the answers here. I don't know that our government is compromised, but I know the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. And right now we have had no efforts to hold them accountable. In fact, the media, many of which are pushing this effort by the Biden administration to form a disinformation board. Those same members of the media, like the members of the disinformation board, were the ones telling you that Hunter Biden's laptop was complete and total garbage. That story was Russian disinformation, according to the New York Times and the Washington Post. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But what's really telling is when the election was over, of course, they turned around and was like, no, no, it was legit. The whole thing was real. The emails are real. Okay, but you understand if the emails are real, if the laptop is real, that means when Hunter Biden's business partners came forward, as they have, 
and said that Joe Biden was getting a 10% kickback of the transactions, that means that's true. Okay, do you understand? That means your president was getting a 10% kickback from all of the access peddling his son was doing in Ukraine, China, and Moscow. Are you the big man, Joe? Worth knowing if that's the case, because if you've got a president, okay, that is compromised in any of these three key areas where we happen to be doing our most you know, consequential foreign policy work right now. It'd be nice to know if the guy, you know, pulling the strings behind the resolute desk was in a position where the Russians had him by the old droopy balls. You know, it'd be nice to know if the Chinese had him or the Ukrainians had him. Okay, but do we have an answer to any of that right now? The answer would be no. It's crazy. All we know right now, just so we're clear, is that Biden has lied about everything. You remember on the campaign trail, what did he say? Now it's Russian disinformation. How dare you bring it up? We found out that was a lie. Well, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. How dare you bring it up? We found out that was a lie. Oh, I never met my son's business partners. You got some nuts bringing that up. We find out, oh, look at the pictures of Biden meeting Hunter's pals at Cafe Milano in D.C. Wow, check it out. And then there's the whole, well... We once flew, I gave Hunter Air Force Two to go to China, but I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him what he was doing in China. We didn't talk about his business. Come on, man. No parent listening to this in the history of parenting has given their child the car without at least a cursory ask of, well, where are you going with it? Going to the movies, you're hanging out with your friends, you're going to the batting ring. Where are you going with the car? But you're going to tell me with a straight face that Joe Biden lets his son hop aboard Air Force Two to China. And has no idea, none at all, what he could possibly be doing with Air Force Two out in China. You were lying your ass up. I mean, come on, man. Dad, can I borrow the car tonight? They, they, your dad wants answers. Where are you going? But no, no, if it's, if it's only, you know, this isn't a car. This is only Air Force Two. This is only the plane that carries the president, the white vice president. Your son wants to take it halfway around the world to meet with the leaders of a communist government. I mean, who, who am I to ask questions? I mean, that's what they want you to believe. So you got to understand that we have lie upon lie upon lie, which is normally a scandal. Like when Watergate actually broke, it's because they saw a crack in the explanation. And again, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. And one lie begot a bigger lie, which actually invited more interest in the story, which actually led to the breakthrough of, wow, look what was going on at the Watergate Hotel. Well, now we've gotten bigger cracks. We've gotten bigger lies. We've gotten more corroborating evidence. The only thing we don't have is any interest whatsoever from the people who work in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. Man, they really are. It's so crazy that this is what you're dealing with because, again, if you are a journalist, if your job is to speak truth to power and to make sure we do have the truth on the people running this country, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. You don't have this. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this. You've got the president's son. You've got corroborating evidence from living, breathing business partners. You've got a paper trail. You've got banking transactions. You've got foreign governments. And oh, by the way, you've got Barack Obama when he was president. Understand, Joe Biden was the vice president for eight years under Barack Obama. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And he was the vice president for eight years under Barack Obama. Barack Obama's Justice Department, they flagged 150 different transactions. They said, wow, this looks weird. 
This guy selling influence? Is this guy lobbying on behalf of foreign groups without being registered? That's part of what they're looking into right now, beyond tax evasion and a $2 million tax bill. And the media is like, nah, you know, it's not a big deal. It's no, no big deal. Just the president's son, who, with all due respect to addiction, uh, is a crackhead. He's an actual crackhead who was shacking up with his brother's widow at the same time impregnating a stripper. I mean, he sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. Don't get me wrong. Guy's having a pretty good time. But do you understand, folks, the reason the appearance of influence peddling is so strong is Hunter Biden doesn't get this money if his dad is not the vice president of the United States. There's no one sitting around at a Ukrainian power company. There's nobody sitting around in China. There's no Russian oligarch sitting around going, well, I'm looking to advance my interest in the world. You know, it'd be great if we could just find someone addicted to crack on the other side of the world who got kicked out of the Chateau Marmont, you know, the same hotel where John Belushi OD'd, the same hotel where, you know, Jim, Jim Morrison. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to find words to describe what Jim Morrison was doing in that hotel and still be employed at the end of the sentence. Uh, but long story short, he was not playing any defense uh, when it came to booze, when it came to prostitutes, when it came to drugs, or I don't know, even using the lobby as some type of a restroom, there wasn't a lot of restraint shown by a guy like Jim Morrison. So you understand the Chateau Marmont is a complete free-for-all. It's like the world's red light district. Hunter Biden managed to get thrown out of the Chateau Marmont. That's like getting kicked out of Bob Marley's band. Because like, not nah, I, nah, you know, listen, you play a great bass, but you're smoking too much weed. We'd be like, wait, what What are you talking about? Everybody here smoking weed 24 hours a day. That's the point. Hunter Biden was a dirtbag. He didn't have an acumen of, like, this guy was an expert in energy. But, again, they reached out to him because of the access he could get them to the government. That's what went on. And knowing that to be the case and knowing we've seen his dad lie about it repeatedly, all I'm asking for is, you know, a genuine interest in the media and getting to the bottom of this. And I'm telling them as a friend, as, as a guy who winds up at a lot of the same cocktail parties as them. OK, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. You're not going to jump out. You're not going to stand out in the crowd. You're not going to make a name for yourself being just the, the two billionth partisan shill in Washington, telling you everything Biden's doing is great. No one believes that, including Biden or the people running this presidency. But if you were actually going to go out there and, you know, make any attempt whatsoever to get the truth, like, oh, I don't know, Miranda Devine has in writing the book that she wrote, the, the truth that Molly Hemingway unearthed in writing her book Rigged about the 2020 election, you know, you will stand out. Those are best-selling books. They're best-selling books because people want to know the truth. You know, we're not exactly dealing with a scarcity of Democrat shills in the media. Okay, but if you're actually out there trying to hold them accountable, and again, in a perfect world, there's nothing to hold them accountable for. I don't want to get out of bed tomorrow, knowing, or, or today for that matter, knowing we have a compromised president. Okay, I live in this country. As the president goes, we go. My family's here. I got the link man Jenny here and everybody in between. I don't want to know that America's in the tank right now, but it'd be good to have a straight answer on that, and we don't have one right now. Okay, all we know is Hunter is being investigated for tax fraud. Okay, Hunter has just miraculously had his bills magically erased by a Hollywood producer who leans overwhelmingly to the left. 
We know Joe Biden himself has lied to the media on at least 10 different occasions about what he knew and didn't know about his son's business dealings. And we know that every single member of the media who really could be winning Pulitzer Prizes and uncovering the scoop of the century hasn't even gotten off their ass and written a single solitary thing about it. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Busy week coming up on the TV. I'm on Gutfeld tomorrow night with our lovable little comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, Thursday, you will see me. On the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner. I'll be on Kennedy Thursday night and Friday. Me and Neil Cavuto getting the band back together at 4 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, probably going to do some America's Newsroom along the way with any luck and gosh knows what else. We've been pretty hot on the television right now. And one of the main reasons why is, you know, I just show up, speak your truth as a viewer, as a listener. I'm one of you. That's the hook. And it's why I am so, when it comes to what's going on in Washington right now, I'm so locked in on two or three key things. One is inflation, because that affects us more than anything going on. And according to the polling, it's a much bigger issue heading into the midterms than abortion. Okay, but two is like this basic dereliction of duty in the media when it comes to any type of objective truth, because they ultimately shape the narratives that determine what we do and don't talk about in our politics. Like if you remember the run up to the 2020 election, the media banned the Hunter Biden laptop story. That swung the election. That is actually why Joe Biden is your president. Understand, in a very close election, 15% of Biden voters said they would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story. So you've got to fathom that in an election decided by 50,000 votes, you're talking about 12 or 13 million votes, which means if we tell the truth about the laptop in October of 2020, which our director of national intelligence did and our FBI did, there's a totally different America that we're living in right now. Instead of the one that has 40 percent inflation and unaffordable gas and a border that's completely overrun. But that's why we are where we are in terms of like, oh, they're forming a disinformation board or, oh, they're trying to convince you all your rights are going to get taken away if Roe falls. Yo, they don't have anything to run on right now. They're in a really bad spot. You can't get out there and campaign and say, vote for me. I'll make it even more expensive. You know, you give us another four years in office. Gas will be so pricey. You'll be turning tricks behind the gas station just to afford a single solitary gallon of gas. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. You can't run on that. Oh, the murder rate's at a 32-year high. But if you give us another chance, it'll be even higher. They can't run on this. What, the border? No, elect us, and you'll have even less rights compared to illegal migrants crossing the border. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. I'm just telling you objective truth. What can they run on? The answer is nothing. There is nothing to run on. Nothing. You know, unless you get a kick out of the fact that we have a president who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. Like if you're into that, if you like a weird Biden press conference where he can't say the word kleptocracy, you know, or he forgets what job he holds. Well, President Harris, <laughs> I'm convinced, though, Biden only from time to time screws up and mentions Kamala as President Harris. Just to remind people 
<laughs> that as bad as he's doing, it could be a lot worse. You know what I mean? He's polling at 33%, but when he goes, President Harris, we're all like, No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Even Michael Scott's upset about it. But nobody more upset than Molly Hemingway. So think about Molly. There's a reason I love talking to her so much. Uh, is not just because I have to navigate a, a gap of about 100 IQ points. I mean, I do, and, and I'm happy to dumb it down for her. I kid. But the point is I love talking to her because she speaks truths, very simple truths like the ones we're trying to distill on this show. It's not an activist show. We're not trying to get you to vote for a certain party. We're just looking to have honest conversations because there's not a people out, out there right now that want to. But we'll keep doing our job next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now on the show, classing up this program in a big way, not only a Fox News contributor, the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, which means she is single-handedly responsible for 80% of the alcohol sold in Washington, D.C. Molly Hemingway's here. Molly. Great to be here with you. Is there a publication that can outdrink the staff at The Federalist? I thought what you meant by that was that we cause other people to drink, which is definitely oh. how I want to be seen. Um, we <laughs> give them headaches. We cover stories nobody else is doing. And for that reason, we're fair. For no, no, that is fair. But answer my question, because you're spot on. That's a spot on <laughs> assessment. But stick with me. Don't Elizabeth Warren me on student loan debt right here. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, uh, would you say anyone can go toe to toe, shot for shot with the Fed? Because I listen, I know everybody. Yeah, I love I love all of them, but I never feel better about myself than when I leave a Federalist Party. Exactly. No, we're we're definitely up there. We take right. we take it seriously and we pride ourselves on us having fun. <laughs> Very diplomatic answer. Well, it's nice to hear your voice. Uh, I was down in the swamp last week. I went to the uh, to the correspondence dinner, and uh, oh. I know oh. why. <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, I see. I had never been to one, and this is the truth. I went and I didn't really drink because I was fascinated uh, by the opportunity to, as as loathsome as I find these people, I wanted to see how insular it really is. And what I was really fascinated by is, you know, we always use this, you know, the term, you know, the media lives in a bubble, and they don't talk to anybody outside the bubble. It's actually true because the whole night was them congratulating themselves for the fine job they're doing, and uh, you know the importance of their work and how the American media is depending on them. I'm like, I don't know that anyone is depending on you at this point, uh, but it really is. They, they're as insulated as we say they are. Are they not? It is amazing to me that the only people who don't realize that nobody thinks that the corporate media have any credibility are the corporate media members themselves. <laughs> like they can't quite accept it because how could they go on living? But it is very Norma Desmond. Uh, Sunset Boulevard kind of thing. Like, they really think they're important. They really think they're helping the country, or they claim to think that, and they just, every time they lie and they make up a story and they get fooled by anonymous sources or they take part in some yeah. kind of major hoax, you know, whether it's Jussie, uh, Jussie, Jussie Smollett, Jussie yeah. Smollett or yeah. the, the uh, Nick Sandman or the Kavanaugh hoax or the Russia collusion hoax or the COVID pandemic or whatever, you know, meaning not mm -hmm. covering legitimate yeah. concerns about it leaking from a the lab they just move on like nothing happened it's they have amazing 
self-esteem for people who mess up with such alarming frequency. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's the best way to articulate it is there's no there's no self-awareness. It's like, you know, it's funny. If you ever followed like the, Hall, the Harlem Globetrotters who play like pretend stunt basketball, they play the same team every week. They play a team called the Washington Generals. And over the course of 40 years, the Washington Generals have only won two games in 40 years historically because that's the joke. You show up to get beat by the Globetrotters and they hit you with a bucket of confetti and pull your pants down and it's silly. But this would be like if the Washington Generals were selling access to like a basketball clinic. Like we'll show you how to win games with a record exactly. of two with a record of two and five million. They're out there like nobody wants to mess with us. It's crazy, Molly, is all I'm saying. Like, I was blown away. Like their 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 current push to fight disinformation. <laughs> Yeah, nope, that's ahead. you guys. You guys are the primary purveyors of disinformation, so you're not going to get to have any say in limiting free speech on the grounds that it's disinformation. But anyway. So are you saying you won't be uh, singing along to super fragilistic expialidocious on TikTok anytime soon? That woman is like from central casting of evil villains that you would yes. put you know, in a movie of, you know, it just, there's nothing about her that's credible. And I love when they keep saying, She's a disinformation expert. Or they had that University of Chicago conference with, it was called like disinformation and the threat to democracy. And then sitting underneath the banner were a bunch of people engaged in disinformation, you know, media <laughs> figures who had pushed hoaxes. I'm like, yeah, disinformation is a threat to democracy, but weird that you're admitting it. Well, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're good at labeling in the sense that nine times out of ten when they say they're doing, you know, they're fighting something, it's because they're doing it. Like, Antifa is no different, you know. They're anti-fascism. So they'll show up and burn down the school and beat you up if they don't like your speech. I mean, it's crazy, but they kind of get away with it. But I wanted to ask you this really quick, okay? When it comes to the whole disinformation thing, which we both know is a scam, we agree, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But it's also fascinating because it really does reveal the condescending opinion they have of voters and that they don't think anyone can is capable of deciding for themselves. Well, I wonder, though, if it's not more a lack of confidence in themselves, like people who are confident in the truth of what they say, they don't worry about debate. In fact, they relish it. And so this idea that we can only win if we suppress the information available to these people, that's a very weak position. Now, they have yeah. a lot of power. They control most of our institutions, I'm not saying that they are actually weak, but they're definitely weak in terms of knowing that they don't have the power of persuasion with their arguments. Yeah, that's a great point. We're talking to Molly Hemingway, if you're just joining us. And it's true, because I, you, the way you said it, it kind of crystallized in my brain. It's not that they even want people to decide for themselves based on the truth. They just want to limit the truth they have access to. It makes more sense when you say it that way. You should be hosting this show, Molly. I'd be a good number two. <laughs> But I mean, I just want to say one thing about that, too. I read in the Washington Post this weekend, they said that free speech harms women and minorities the most. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I was just realizing, like, they're coming after, like, they're not even pretending that they're in favor of free speech, but that there are yeah. certain categories that they want to limit. They're just actually attacking one of the founding principles of this country, which is, you know, that you, you seek truth and that you need to be free to seek truth. And that's why you have freedom of speech and freedom of the press and freedom of assembly and freedom of religion. And they're just admitting that they don't believe in those things. And they're putting out this lie that these things that our country is based on are actually sexist and racist. And it's just, um, you know, that's the bad guys. The bad guys are the ones that come after freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom of well, the press. I 
I believe it was Ellie Mistel on who famously said the founding fathers were a bunch of racist, misogynist jerk faces, which I believe is a first. Jerk faces is a first for primetime cable news, I do believe. Uh, we're really living in this weird death of shame. I keep saying it over and over again, Molly. But isn't that why they're trying to use this leaked SCOTUS draft as like a catch-all? Because they're saying it's bigger than abortion. It's integrated schools. It's gay marriage. And they're just trying to galvanize support. Is that the play here? Because because it seems like they're trying to cast a broader net than just row voters, because I think even they know internally this isn't moving the needle for them the way they are saying it is in the media. Well, I think there are two reasons for it. One is just that they don't want to talk about abortion because the fact of the matter is that despite what you hear in corporate media and in most of these institutions, most Americans are actually pretty moderate on the topic. So our abortion law is one of the most extreme in the world. It's comparable to North Korea. I mean, it's very extreme. And most people in the world, they they tolerate some abortion, but they put limits on it at a reasonable amount of time, which is actually the case that's before the court. The Mississippi law would limit abortion after, I think, it's 15 weeks. That is very much the moderate position in America. That's actually more than anything where people are. They want to allow some, but they want limits. And so if you were Mm -hmm. to talk about the actual substance, it would reveal them to be very extreme. So they want to talk about all these other things. They're trying to find ground on which they don't seem so extreme. And so they say things like, well, if you if they did this and they would revisit um, interracial marriage, which is which is ludicrous. We've amended yeah. the Constitution three times to be explicit about that. So they're just making stuff up because they don't feel very good talking about abortion. Yeah, they're in a desperate spot. We're talking to the great Molly Hemingway. If you just joined us, what do you do? You buy? Uh, I believe it was Nina Tottenberg at NPR who said the only theory that makes sense is a conservative clerk leaked this. Do you believe there's any world where that's the case? Well, I don't think we know who the leaker is, so of course that's a possibility, and I've yeah. been, you know, I, I think it's important to think through the possibilities. Nina Totenberg knows a lot about leaking. I mean, she was the receptacle <laughs> for for leaking um, yeah. for many years, um, so she knows a lot about it. And so you do kind of think about who stands to gain here, and there is an argument that it could have been a conservative justice. There are a conservative uh, clerk or something like that who was trying to shore up that side of things. I would say the overwhelming argument would be on the other side. And you kind of see it just in the reaction right away. As soon as the leak happened, people on the left were championing the leaker and they were praising the leaker. And the moment that like one of the one of the potential leakers was identified, they immediately said, well, it doesn't matter who the leaker is. It's just as important that it got out there. I mean, they're praising it. So it would seem weird that the you know, you've got the entire conservative movement. Uh, saying that this leak is horrible. So it just doesn't quite work that this seems to be in the interest of the side that is almost universal in saying it's a bad thing, but not in the interest of the side that is praising it. Um, But I think more than anything, what you're seeing from lefty liberal reporters like Nina Totenberg, they don't want the leaker exposed because that would destroy that person's career. Yeah, how about that? It's this is all it's so fascinating, even like, you know, the the the, the shameless, you know, transactional nature of Democratic politics right now that everyone has pointed out a million times. But to bring it up, you know, the my body, my choice argument is back after a year of vaccine mandates. It doesn't sound like men can get pregnant anymore. Like, it's really fascinating. (laughs) But even on like a smaller scale, you're getting a walk back of positions by Saki in the last 24 hours, because on Friday, she didn't care where you protested or with who. And now that, you know, things got a little crazy over the weekend, they're kind of walking 
walking it back. We went from passion to like, you know, behave yourselves. Was there some type of internal calculation? What went on? Because I, I think you'd agree they should have been shooting down the idea of showing up to justices' homes before it happened. So it's important to note they have still refused to condemn the plans to protest um, to descend mm-hmm. on justices' private homes. And they shouldn't just be condemning that. I think about what the standard was during the Trump administration, where people who had no affiliation with Trump, he would be asked like roughly three times a day, do you condemn by name this group that we are associating with you for reasons mm-hmm. that we can't explain? But nobody's asking Biden to condemn by name these lefty groups that supported him, you know, that he's actually tied to. These are groups that endorsed him and supported him and have people on staff who worked for him. And he won't condemn them, much less by name. And nobody's even asking him to condemn, much less by name. And so, yes, at first they said, even though it was against the law to to, uh, to go after justices' homes, it's illegal in uh, Maryland, in Montgomery County. It's definitely illegal in Virginia, where I live, to go try to intimidate a federal judge in his home. It is against the law, and they couldn't even bring themselves to say, you shouldn't do things that are against the law. And now she kind of walked it back. She's like, well, um, you shouldn't threaten judges. But they're not even dealing with the fact that there are reports that Justice Alito and his family had to be moved to a safe location because of the threats. And it's not just, again, threats from radical groups. You got Chuck Schumer out there not that long ago personally issuing threats against Kavanaugh and Gorsuch if they didn't vote the way he wanted them to on abortion cases. So it's one of the very top Democrats in the country. Uh, These are people that need to be condemned, and it needs to be explicit before someone gets killed. Yeah, no, I'm spot on. I agree a thousand percent. And it goes without saying that if these were conservative protesters outside the homes of liberal justices, the National Guard would be everywhere right now. Like you'd be talking to me from a checkpoint. I'd be at the other checkpoint with any luck getting a signal to call you Uh, because it's there's there is a wild double standard. And I think part of the issue, you know, is when, when there's two standards, there's no standard. Yeah, I I oppose political violence. I am long on record of it. We have had this last year and a few months of people saying that January 6th is an insurrection because it tried to uh, disrupt like a constitutional proceeding. And I'm thinking, where the heck were you people when the constitutional proceeding of confirming a Supreme Court justice was disrupted hundreds of times by paid activists? who flooded the Capitol and Capitol buildings and got arrested. They were paid to get arrested to disrupt the confirmation proceedings of Justice Kavanaugh. They targeted his home then. They targeted the Supreme Court then. You know, people like me who oppose political violence are wondering, Mm -hmm. why did you, you know, it's not just this one, you take one example on the conservative side of things, but you have federal courthouses, Supreme Court, White House, you know, police precincts being burned down. That somehow was not of concern to these people but this one day was. But then with these justices being threatened, it's again silence. I don't think Liz Cheney has said a word. Maybe she did. Um, But they should be speaking all the more loudly. Shouldn't they? And it's so fascinating because obviously, like you said, we all condemn January 6th. But when they said like, oh, we've never seen this unrest in Washington before. I'm like, D.C. wasn't exactly like Club Med in the summer of 2020. You know, they were building fences around the White House and tearing down everything. They went after Frederick Douglass. Do you remember that? That was bananas. There was a point. Everybody, they set outbuildings on fire at the White House. And mm-hmm. nobody cared. You know, nobody. In fact, they were defending the people who were doing that. And they were mad at people clearing the area in front of the White House um, or other regions. 
and the hypocrisy is astounding, but that's boring because they're, you know, <laughs> hypocrisy is just what happens in politics, I guess. It's so gross. And, you know, it's funny. Like, my son is my son is actually named Lincoln. And if you remember, in the summer of 2020, they were talking about, it was actually last spring, they were going to take his name off of a high school in San Francisco because they didn't think, like, Abe Lincoln had done enough for black lives, which is absurd on its face. And I, there was never a world, Molly, where Jenny Fela and myself thought naming our son Lincoln would be controversial someday along like racial lines but yes at this point he's just safer to go by his middle name oj not good not good not good good. um yeah no that's people people have decided to have this incredibly strict standard on how they judge any figure from the past including the great abraham lincoln one of our very best presidents who preserved the union but they don't hold themselves to these same standards when it comes to human rights issues of our time um, so and it's, you know, the people should spend much more time thinking about how to improve their lives and the lives of people around them and the country they live in uh, through good action that they can contribute rather than always condemning people from the past who don't uphold their current standards. Molly, the whole congregation just gave you an amen, but you didn't hear them over the protesters, unfortunately. <laughs> they were outside yelling and screaming. But I'm no, I'm a, I'm a thousand percent with you. I agree. That's why I, I love talking to you so much. Um, listen, I got a minute left, and I just want to ask you one crazy question. Can you hook me up with a Hollywood lawyer that could pay a $2 million tax debt for me? I don't actually owe that much, but if they're just cutting checks like they did for Hunter, I'd like a cut of the money. I... I thought that story was so amazing because, first off, we thought that the tax bill was a million that Hunter yeah. had paid off. Now we learned uh-huh. $2 million and that someone else did it. And also, by the way, the DOJ is doing him a favor by letting him pay it off. Yes. Most people would have actually been charged with tax fraud or tax evasion. And instead, oh. he just gets to pay it off and actually have someone else pay it off. It's so nice to be Hunter Biden. <laughs> He's got a good racket. Like He comes off like the biggest dirtbag I've ever met. But there are some moves being made. i got to be honest. You remember the Garth Brooks song, like, I've got friends in low places? You know, he kind of sang it, you know, with an appreciation for having friends in low places. And I think he was right. You know, I think you should. I guess you need him if that's the lesson to be learned here. Uh, but we've covered a lot. I, I don't want to muddy any of it. Uh, this was stellar as always, Molly. Thank you for classing up our program. Thank you. Love being here. All right, the best. I'll see you soon. There she goes, the legendary Molly Hemingway, uh, dumbing it down for me. Uh, and thank God she did, because she is brilliant. Uh, you know me. I was cutting bowling in community college five years ago. But we take a quick commercial break. Class is back in session after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to the great Molly Hemingway. Uh, bang up job by her as always. Uh, she really like she's so smart. It's a, it's a high honor to not only have her on, but to say I was able to keep up with most of the brilliant things that come out of her mouth. I don't know if we'll be as lucky in the next hour. Shannon Bream, host of Fox News tonight, our chief correspondent to the Supreme Court, going to bring us inside the goings on as it pertains to this Roe v. Wade leak. And we're also going to hear from Chris Murphy, that jackass up in Connecticut, who went toe-to-toe with my man Brett Baer yesterday, and it did not end good for him. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting today from my home studio. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's never embarrassed himself on Fox News Sunday. I mean, I might if I was ever on, but it was not me yesterday. It was Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy just flat out making a mess of the place with his stance not only on abortion laws, but Disney's don't say gay bill, which, by the way, is a term that is not anywhere near the bill. It is, of course, a rallying cry for the Democrats who want you to debate not what Republicans are saying, but what they can convince people the Republicans are saying. It's everything in our politics right now, whether we're talking about abortion laws, whether we're talking about Disney, whether we're talking about anything the Republicans want to do. You know, I'll give an example. Go way off the reservation. Uh, Georgia's voter ID law. What was that? Okay, it was a law that expanded early voting to 17 days. You have 17. It's not now election day. It's election two and a half weeks. And the Democrats said, what? Oh, Republicans, they're trying to ban black people from voting. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Well said, Lincoln Fela. He will actually be closing the show today in this hour. I am home today because the link man is making his confirmation at the church just 30 minutes after the show ends, and I need to be there. I need to show up. I'm his dad. i got to be in the church, you know. So uh, we're playing a home game out here at Club Fela. In this hour, we will be joined. By the legendary Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night, someone who was covering the Kentucky Derby this past weekend and apparently had her money on the winning horse. i got to get inside that one, uh, turn my life around if I can get some good horse racing tips, finally. Uh, But right now we're not talking horse racing uh, on the track. We're talking about the political horse race in Washington where Chris Murphy and the Democrats, they find themselves in a really bad spot. Okay, Brett Baer had him on yesterday, and it was a bit of an all-skate. They talked about the abortion law and flat-out said the Republicans are going to pass a national ban on abortion. And that's why we need the Senate to get on record now and pass a bipartisan bill. Now, he's lying his face off, but here it is just so you can hear where this conversation started. It is clip 19. If Republicans get control of the House and the Senate and the White House, which certainly could happen in the next three years, they are absolutely going to pass a national ban on abortion that will affect every single family, every single woman in this country. And so it is important right now that we get every senator on the record. Do you support a woman's right to make decisions over their own body, or do you think that the government should be in charge? Because this is soon not going to be about state legislatures. Pretty soon, this is going to be an effort to pass a federal ban everywhere on abortions in this country. This guy will say anything. He really will, because the truth is, if Roe gets repealed, just so we're, you know, if you're just tuning into the show for the first time ever, you're not hearing this a lot of places in the media. But Democrats keep saying, well, if you repeal Roe versus Wade, it's the end of democracy. Democracy's over. <laughs> Dude, it's not the end of democracy. It's the beginning of democracy because Roe being repealed would send it back to the states. So it would, in fact, be about state legislatures, and it would be about the people having a voice. Do you understand? Roe versus Wade has always been something amongst legal scholars that was considered a farce in terms of the ruling that made it law in this country because it was the court okay, issuing a law, issuing a constitutional right when it did not traditionally have the right to do so okay the federal government 
was not supposed to be where your rights came from. Your rights come from God, and it was supposed to be the people themselves voting on these rights. That's why when constitutional scholars say, well, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have a right to an abortion, uh, you know, of course— That's true. But people try to refute it by saying, well, that's because abortion wasn't a thing back then. No, 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 no. It's because our framers didn't want the government making every single personal decision for Americans. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Okay, and that's the case over and over and over again, not just on abortion, but on every issue. That's why people were so staunchly against the vaccine mandate. It's not the federal government's job to tell you what to put in your body. But understand this. Okay, the Democrats were on board with doing that. They were like, how dare you not get the vaccine? The government wants you to get the vaccine. You get the damn vaccine. But then what happened when this SCOTUS draft leak came about? All of a sudden, the My Body, My Choice people were all the way back in style. Oh, wow. Think about that. Not your body, not your choice when it comes to the vaccine. But when they have it the other way around, of course, their body, their choice. The shameless transactional nature of our politics, it should be humiliating to anybody engaging in that type of work. But we're living in the death of shame where people don't actually feel shame. They don't know shame. I mean, when you think about how shameless it all is with the vaccine, understand that they were trashing the vaccine in the run-up to the election. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? I mean, really. You're the lowest form of life on earth. (laughs) Who the hell's going to take this thing? Fast forward a few months, he wins the election. Not only are you going to take it, but you're going to get fired if you don't take it. Do you get the scam here? Okay, and again and again and again, people don't know shame. They don't care about hypocrisy. They don't care about double standards. That's the big issue. So when Chris Murphy of Connecticut says, oh, they're going to pass a national ban on abortion. No, they're not. The Republican goal is to send this back to the states and let each individual state vote on it, at which point the blue states are going to keep on doing what they're doing, and the red states are going to enact abortion laws that are on par with decent, polite society. Understand right now, when the Democrats say, oh, two-thirds of Americans support abortion, not in the levels we have it in, okay? Second trimester abortion, third trimester abortion, that's North Korea stuff. You know, where the leader feeds his family to dogs, shoots his uncle with an anti-aircraft gun at Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's the human rights record we're on par with when it comes to abortion. No better than China. Okay, all we're asking is for the people, for the people to vote on what they want. But the Democrats are trying to tell you with a straight face, oh, this is the death of democracy. They're lying because they're desperate. Okay, Chris Murphy, when he came to his exchange yesterday in Florida, he's talking to Brett Baer, and he says he's really concerned about the Florida legislation. Because it's targeting gay children. That is a fact check false. Brett Baer said as much, but listen to this exchange. It's a two-parter. I'll play it twice for you all the way through. Here is clip 20. I am very concerned about the sort of very quick, hateful, divisive turn that the Republican Party has taken. This effort in Florida 
to sort of target gay kids in schools, um, I just think is mean-spirited and something that I had not seen from the Republican Party when I first started out in politics 20 years ago. Well, hold um, on, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. To target gay kids in schools? I mean, the sure. bill is about not talking about sexual identity from K through third grade. That's not targeting gay kids. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It is sending a message to these kids that they are not worthy, that they should be ashamed no, of their it identification. Says, it says, Senator, that you don't teach subjects with gender identity. You don't think that those kids don't take a message from a, from a ban on the discussion of their identity suggests that they are not worthy of existence in that school. That was embarrassing. Again, you know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. That's Chris Murphy just straight up pounding the table. Correct the mundo. Okay. You don't think these kids take a message? Just Let me just jump in, just so we're clear. The Florida bill, it doesn't ban gay sexual identity teaching. It doesn't ban transsexual identity teaching, but continue straight identity teaching. It bans all sexual identity teaching so it's not taking a side okay and understand as recently as five years ago as recently as like a year ago if someone came up to you and was like yeah i want to teach a kindergartner about sex ed you would have been like he should be behind bars you would have pushed him in the face let alone introducing sexual gender conflict to a little kid at an age where they're that fluid yo i've raised a kid did a decent job. I wouldn't say good. You guys have all met him. Uh, but, you know, we were there. We played the teams on the schedule. We showed up. We gave it an effort. And the God's honest truth is when you're raising a little kid, you raise so many versions of that same kid because their personality is so fluid in the developmental phase that anybody who is introducing long-term gender conflict to a kid at an age where their favorite toy changes every three days, their favorite show, their vocabulary, what they like to eat, it's all changing. And when they're that impressionable, this idea that you should saddle them with the conflict of how do I sexually identify? Dude, we're talking about sex, again, to five-year-olds. Okay, there is a word in the dictionary for people who talk about sex to five-year-olds. It's called pedophiles. Dude, it's disgusting. But again, when you have the facts, pound your facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Him pounding the table and saying they're targeting gay kids, the word gay isn't in the bill. That's why Disney sounds like a bunch of idiots for going woke and saying, oh, we got to ban what Florida's doing. Everything woke turns to Totally does, because they're fighting a straw man argument, as is Chris Murphy. Here's the rest of the exchange. It's clip 21. Senator, half of you trans kids in this country, about of, sexual identity. Half of, ki- of trans kids in this country have contemplated suicide, and that's because of the effort to bully them for their identity by adults in this country. Senator. So I absolutely do think that there is a message sent to these kids when you when you suggest that a conversation about their identity um, is somehow threatening the education of kids in our schools. With your children, did you talk about sexual identity as a kindergarten? Kindergarten. Gardner, do you, I mean, you don't talk about the birds and the bees, let's al- let alone the birds and the birds at that age, kindergarten through third grade. So, so there was an amendment in the Florida legislature to, to ban 
sexual education in the early ages. That amendment failed because this wasn't about trying to protect children from a discussion uh, about sex. This was a effort to specifically ban a conversation uh, about uh, topics related to sexual identity. That was the worst thing I ever heard. I mean, again, do you see how he didn't answer Brett Baer's question? Brett Baer said, do you talk about your kindergartners about sex? Do you talk to your kindergartners not only about the bird and the bees, but about the birds and the birds? That's what Brett Baer asked him. Did Chris Murphy answer the question? The answer would be no. Yo, they're trying. And you need to understand this, man. This is what they do. It's the desperation of politics. It's the one thing I get. I can't really talk policy and bills and draft legislation and stuff like that because I want you to stay on the road when you're driving your car. That's some really boring radio. I consider the show radio rumble strips. My job is to keep you awake and trucking. You know, when the when the drugs wear off, old Jimmy Fail is here to keep you snappy on the road, okay? We start talking policy, you guys start snoring, the next thing you know, there you go. Now they're pulling you out of the woods, you know? I'm trying to keep you on the road. And the point being is when it comes to human nature, which is something I have a pretty keen understanding of based on all the time I spent driving a cab and, you know, doing stand-up and everything in between. Um, There's always a tell. There's always a tell when the person won't confront the issue head-on. You know what I'm saying? You know when you come home and the garbage can's sideways? It's garbage all over the living room. And you're like, Bixby, did you knock over the garbage can? And he won't look at you. He's got like his head down, he's looking the other way, his tail's wagging nervously, but he won't look up at you. This is no different. When they won't answer the question, they're telling you they're full of <laughs> And I'll tell you, nobody in our politics is more full of what exactly what I just said than Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to play that for you next, okay, because there's a fascinating exchange uh, with her and the view of all people about student loan forgiveness, and it may very well come up in our conversation with Shannon Bream. So a quick break. You can go buy your tickets to Woke Disney World, and we'll be back after this. Introducing the all-new Woke Disney World, the first theme park to dump identity politics on all its guests. Mom, can I hit the boys' room? Sorry, honey. It's the they's room. Let me explain this to you one more time. It's okay, Mickey. I'll handle it. All of our rides have been updated, so our woke employees won't flip out on us. From Snow White and the Seven Genders. I don't understand. To it's a small reassignment surgery after all. That was the weirdest boat ride ever. Woke Disney World. We've transitioned to a new business model, but the goal remains the same. All right now, get out there and make me some damn money. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So I was telling you earlier in the last break that when the person isn't answering the question, okay, it's because they're full of it. 
Okay, Chris Murphy wouldn't acknowledge to Brett Baer whether or not he's talking about sex with kindergarten kids. <laughs> wouldn't acknowledge whether or not he thought that was a good thing and just said, hey, be mad at Florida because they're going after gay kids. Now, it's not true. It's not in the bill, but that's the tell. When it comes to student loan forgiveness, okay, The View, which is a pretty friendly place for Elizabeth Warren, I mean, friendly fire if ever there was some in the media, uh, The View asked Elizabeth Warren, uh, about student loan debt and whether or not this would be screwing over the people who paid their bills and did things the right way. Listen to this fancy non-answer out of the woman President Trump would call Pocahontas. It's clip 22. What do you say to someone like me who worked two jobs for a decade to pay off all their student loans, just finished? Where do I sign up for reimbursement? So let's start <laughs> out with who has student loans today. Um, <laughs> about 40 percent of the folks with student loans don't have a college diploma. They're folks who tried. Yeah. They're folks who tried and life happened. Pregnancies, uh, uh, they were already working two jobs and lost one of them. Uh, mom got sick, family had to move somewhere else. And now they earn what a high school grad earns and they're trying to pay off college level debt and it is crushing mm -hmm. their bones. Keep in mind that of those who have student loan debt, more than half have negative wealth. They don't have any wealth. I mean, man. The view is awful every day, but particularly awful yesterday because two things. Number one, number one, did she answer the question about are we going to help out and do right by the people who did right by society and paid their loans? The answer would be no. But number two, when she talks about, really think about this, when she talks about, well, these people are getting crushed by student loan debt. It's not good. So the answer is to pass that crushing debt onto the people who didn't even go to school and take out the loan? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Yo, I'm telling you, I am not supposed to be uh, like the smart radio show. But when I can see through this, it's because we have people in Washington that are weapons grade stupid. Really think about that. So they've got this debt. It's crushing their bones. Oh, I get it. So why not give the debt to somebody else instead? Yeah, student loan forgiveness would be the people who the money is owed to going, ah, we forgive you. Forget about it. Okay, that's not this. This is, okay, no, no, we're going to put, we're going to pass that debt on to the people who didn't even go. Again, you're all getting a bill in the mail from Applebee's for a meal you didn't even eat. That's what this would constitute. It's absurd on its face. I mean, it's not a top 10 lie this week because most of them revolve around the Supreme Court. Shannon Bream is, of course, the senior correspondent to such things at Fox News. She joins us next to counter money from the Kentucky Derby right here on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not spend his Saturday swilling mint juleps down at Churchill Downs. Uh, joining me now on the phone is a woman who very well may have. Let's hope she's sobered up by now. Uh, host <laughs> of Fox News at night, Shannon Bream is here for an intervention. Hey, Shannon Bream. Jimmy, how are you? Are you doing the intervention on me or am I doing it on you? Well, I'm there's confused. always one needed on me, so I just <laughs> thought we'd punt today and talk about you. Okay. Uh, Shannon Bream, can we confirm uh, that you guys had a couple of bucks on Rich Strike to win the race? We did. Oh, hold we on, did. hold on. <laughs> there it is. Shannon Bream, a deluxe apartment in the sky. We wow. haven't quite hit the Jefferson's level of okay. deluxe. 
yet, but okay. uh, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. We had friends who invited us months ago. They put together a group of eight people to go, mm-hmm. and so we were just kind of freeloading on this trip, and we brought some money um, to bed, and I said to my husband, like, obviously, we don't know what we're doing. We're not doing anything crazy. So, mm-hmm. you know, we bet during the day on some of the little races, like 5 or $10 here or there, and um, this is how we did it. My husband looked up and saw on the monitors, they were walking the horses out for one of the really early races, and he's like, that horse is beautiful. It's different than the other ones. It's gray and speckled and stuff. Let's vote on that one. He ran up to the window and voted, and that horse finished first. So then we did a couple races where we read all the stats. We had friends with us who had made charts and done the whole thing, and those horses we bet on came in last place. So we decided (laughs) there's no rhyme or reason to it. So we got to the derby race, and we had some money left, and we said, all right, let's split it up among, you know, the epicenter and other horses we think actually have a shot. And I said, let's do one on the guy that just got in yesterday, the number 21. And people thought we were bonkers, like, you're just throwing away money. But not when the race was over. (laughs) Then they they were our new best friends. Shannon Bream, handicapper to the stars. Uh, That's amazing. I love Uh, an underdog. No, I no. Who doesn't? I mean, it's it's first of all, it's an outrageously good story. Is there any truth to the rumor that the horse was equipped with your husband's custom derby sneakers? Oh my gosh, did you love those? They were. How amazing. fun were they? I think that they was, might have brought us good luck. They listen. They brought you something, and I just I thought it was fascinating, and I was so proud of you. And just answer me this last question, because mm-hmm. I have my Janice Dean theories, and I know her pretty well from bumping into her in the building. She's is amazing. Janice Dean? Is she a wild time at the racetrack? What is she like? She, she actually is. <laughs> If you want to know the truth, um, she actually is. She is the most fun you're ever going to have is hanging out with J.D. Um, she and I have a state, uh, um, you know, kind of a saying that we, um, she was at a party with me a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. and there was a napkin there that she held up when we took a picture, and it's just now classic forever. It said, that sounds like a terrible idea. What time should I be there? So <laughs> that's J.D. in a nugget. She is always going to be with you, ride or die, and she's she's a very good time, my J.D. Wow, we're- we're now scheduling a third intervention in one in one radio interview. <laughs> this is this might be a high even for this show, Shannon Bream. She's um, awesome, seriously. Well, let, of course. Uh, and it's let her me birthday today. Th- oh, I got to check in then. I didn't know that. With two thirty eight in the afternoon. No, she's been off the air for a while now. She's mm-hmm. seeing double. I might as well just text her tomorrow. Okay. It might be better. Choose might be wisely. easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, today might be a mess. I don't know that she can type back. I know J.D., but let me uh, throw this at you. Okay, your horse, of course, goes off at 80 to 1. Riddle mm-hmm. me this. Uh, Nina Totenberg at NPR says the, uh, her theory is that a, a conservative clerk leaked the SCOTUS draft opinion from last week. What are the odds, uh, since we're talking odds, that this was a conservative clerk leaking this draft? Well, clearly I don't how, uh, understand how any of the odds or betting stuff works. <laughs> clearly I wouldn't have bet all this money on 21. Um, but I, my, my issue, and listen, every theory has got to be open at this point. My issue is her using the word leading theory. I don't think that's the leading theory. Is it a theory? Sure. I think Mm -hmm. we just don't know. What I do think is that we will get a name. One of two ways. First of all, the Chief Justice, as you know, is adamant about protecting the court as an institution and its coworkers. They're very protective of each other, and they're actually, you know, they get along well, and they want Mm -hmm. the best for themselves, for the court, for their colleagues. He, it's such a small universe of people, I think he's going to demand that they get an answer. This is not like some congressional investigation where 18 months from now they'll put out a 6,000-page report that tells us nothing about who did it. I think he's going to be much more um, you know, determined to get that answer. Or 
if this person was from a left-leaning office over there in the court, I think they'll actually step up and take credit at some point because there's such praise for them as a potential whistleblower and leaker and, you know, person of history and making a difference. But I think if there's enough of that and it was on the left, that that person will actually step up and raise their hand. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna want the credit. That's a really good right. point, Shannon Bream. I do think uh, it will. Well, that, that's, that's why we pay you the big bucks and not just at the betting window. <laughs> that's that kind of analysis. Um, let me ask you this. When would we expect an actual ruling in the Dobbs case? Is that June? When is that supposed to come well, down? Well, yeah, normally that would be the last week of June. That's when the biggies come, the ones that have mm-hmm. you know been the toughest for the court to nail down and parse out and get on paper and get the votes and get it done. But there's a, a lot of pressure right now in the court to get this out because, you, as you know, um, the justices always have protection, but that is mm-hmm. being ramped up at this point. There are some of these justices who are um, relocating from their homes uh, so that they can be safe in the interim. So I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure for this thing to get out. And what a shocker it would be to all of us if that's, you know, what he drafted as the opinion. The votes had changed, and that's not even the opinion anymore. We just don't know. But what we know is that if people are showing up to harass at, at homes, you know, you have to ask, is that in violation of federal law, which says you can't harass for the intention of changing a vote? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what other reason there would be to show. You could be there to show your displeasure. Um, but I think that the, the federal authorities have to get very serious about how they handle this. Yeah, I agree. And even the White House. I mean, they finally condemned the idea of going to a justice's home today. Uh, but last week it was a little more of, well, you know, people are going to do what people do. And, you know, the government doesn't have an official position on this. Uh, there must have been an internal calculation over the weekend that that really isn't going to end well for them if that's their policy. Yeah. I, I think that the protests, whether you're on the left or right or wherever you are on this issue, like, I don't think that people should be showing up to protest at Justice O'Meara's, you know, house yeah. over something they don't like. I just don't, I think, I don't think it's safe. I think that we should all feel like, I don't care if it's left, right, or center, we don't want people to feel like their homes, their kids, um, their families um, don't, yeah. can't feel safely going to school or, or to work or whatever, regardless of where they are ideologically. I think we agree on that. And I do think the vast majority of Americans are on the same page about that. Um, but, yeah, you have, to, you have to think about that. There were churches and pro-life pregnancy centers that were vandalized over the weekend. Um, there was a lot of stuff that went on that I think the White House is like, we got to get some distance between this and that. And I yeah. think it's good that they stepped up and did that. Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Better late than never when it comes to stuff like that. One other political question that I wanted to throw at you is something I heard Nancy Pelosi say over the weekend is she's claiming that, you know, the court became more radical. You know, the science on abortion hasn't changed. It's the court that's changed. But we seem to know a lot more scientifically than we did 50 years ago when this became the law of the land. Wouldn't you agree with just that basic, simple statement? Yeah, I would. And that's what I find when I talk to young people in the pro-life movement who they've been able to see their brothers and sisters 4D sonograms. You know, I mean, for them, it's a different experience. They see something there. They know the science tells them when a heartbeat begins and when fingers and, you know, there's a disagreement over fetal pain. But, you know, we do have a lot more information to work with now. And we have babies, um, luckily, that are surviving earlier and earlier when some tragedy or health event comes into the mother's life for the baby. Um, And I think we all cheer for those, you know, little guys and gals that I I talked to a guy this weekend who had his wife had triplets and the smallest one was two pounds, two ounces. And he talked about these three kids fighting for life and how they're all grown up now. And so I think we all cheer for those stories, and it's a beautiful thing to see. But we do have a lot more information. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's the part that I think if you know conservatives were smart, uh, you know, we should stay away from like the character assassinations because mm-hmm. that's pretty much what the left has come to this battle armed with. Uh, is they're trying to use this as a catch-all. First, they're going to repeal abortion. Then gay right. people can't get married. Then the schools will be segregated, which, as the president would say, is a bunch of malarkey. Um, well, but- and and you know, Justice Alito put in his in yes. opinion, if that turns out to be the real one, uh, mm-hmm. eventually after all the versions, you know, that this is specific to abortion rights. It does not emanate to those other um, discussions and issues and that it should never be applied to that. I mean, he says that in the opinion. So um, take that for what it's worth if it ends up in there and what you make of it. Yeah, that's and that's what I would say. And I I was pointing that out on Friday. What I find fascinating really quick is that we're never quite debating uh, what the justices are doing or what the GOP is doing. We're always debating what the Democrats are accusing them of doing. Like, here is our interpretation of what they're doing. Forget what they said. Forget what's in, like, say, the Florida bill. Take our word for it that this is what it really means. And that's the part that frustrates me. But I have one more serious question, and then I'm going to let you go, okay? okay? Last week, I was in Washington, D.C. for the correspondence Dinner, mm-hmm. and I took a selfie with a guy by the name of Kevin Cole. Now, my question oh, is, well, nobody loves him more than me, but I no, know no. I know you're a Kevin Cork fan. It's up there. But is Kevin Cork going to charge me for that selfie? Can I expect a bill in the mail? It might come through his Cameo account. He might okay. say, listen, that's that's attached. It, it falls <laughs> under my Cameo and my selfie account. And so you're going to have to pay up. Yo, and frankly, that was a, that's a decision that you should have made with the financial consequences in mind, just like me and my best <laughs> this weekend. So, there's so the- I, I'll cover you because I love well, Kevin and you. So there's, there's, you know, there's, we're fighting about student loan forgiveness. There's no Kevin Cork selfie forgiveness <laughs> in the Bream administration. That's a hard bargain, that Kevin uh, Cork. Unbelievable. Where's Elizabeth Warren when I need her? Unbelievable. Uh, Shannon Bream, congrats. We'll call you back for the Preakness, okay? Okay. And you, listen, the, if, if uh, Rich Strike does well, the Preakness, then I'm going to have to go to the Belmont, right? I mean, Fox well, the, can pay for that. It'll be a well, news event. Hold on, okay? You and that hunky husband of yours, the Belmont's like two miles from where me and Jenny Fela live. So if you go to the Belmont, it's a th- we're hanging it's out. No, that, yeah, that's a whole thing. All right, we'll okay, work it out. I look forward Rock to it. Roll, Shannon Bream. You're the coolest. See you soon. <laughs> Bye. There, there she goes. The legend, Shannon Bream. There we go. We're going to come back and wrap it on a Monday of all days with George from Queens, my demon spawn, Lincoln Fela, wrapping it up after this. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting from the home studio on Strong Island today. A lot of you are wondering why. It's because my son, Lincoln Fallon, is making his confirmation this afternoon, and I've been invited to the ceremony, and i got to show up, because against all odds, he has passed. I happen to know his religion teacher hated him and thought he was awful, but joining us now to explain his side of the story, Lincoln Fale is back on the show. Hey, man. What's up? Uh, were you in mommy's class, just so everybody knows, Lincoln's mom taught his religion class this year. Were you the worst kid in the class? No. Would you say top three worst? Where were you? Where would you rank no. yourself? Well, nobody talked in her class, so there's really no ranking. Okay, but the people... had, like, all the quiet kids who wouldn't talk. Okay, and then you had some kids that were, like, texting and making weird noises with their phones. Is that what yeah. I'm to believe? 
I guess you're basically what you're saying is you're trying not to name names. This is your Sicilian heritage. Like your Italian relatives would be proud that you're not snitching. Because I have it on pretty good authority that Lincoln's entire class was a bunch of monsters. And the teacher has been day drinking every day since she accepted the assignment. But congratulations. This is a big step in your relationship a, with the church. Go it's ahead. a bigger uh, congratulations to mommy for making it through teaching us. <laughs> That's, people are like, hey. Is uh, Jenny Phelan drinking because she's teaching my kid? I'm like, dude, she's moved on to much stronger stuff than booze. No question. But Lincoln's celebrating for two reasons. Tell him the other reason you're celebrating today. Oh, you got killed in the Madden Super Bowl. It is a true story. Ladies and gentlemen, I have failed you as a radio host. Last night, Lincoln, uh, in our Madden Super Bowl that we've been waiting to play for two weeks. I was in Tampa. I was in D.C. I was in Pittsburgh. Well, I came home last night, and the link man gave me what my late great uncle Sonny would describe as a wood shampoo. What was the final sc- score? Um, it, I know I won by like thirty something. It was like eighty four fifty four. Dude, it was bad. If you bet on uh, Team Jimbo in Vegas, you lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about Lincoln is he doesn't talk any smack when he beats you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yo, you were trash talking me so much before. You're like, you're the Bills. We got this. We're winning. We're gonna. You're gonna. <laughs> Biggest upset. Yeah. Bills. Year of the Bills. We're winning this Super Bowl. And like, let's play it now. Let's play it now. We go downstairs. It and you're up ten nothing and then I just get a touchdown, force a couple fumbles. Yep. Get a kick six. Yes, he did. He did. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown, returned two fumbles for a touchdown. It just, was you got killed. It was the Bills versus the Buccaneers. Lincoln was the Buccaneers. So if you're listening on WHBO down in Tampa, you're one of the people who helped me pay Mikey's bar tab this weekend. You'll be happy to know your Buccaneers were well represented in Madden. Not so much in the sportsmanship department, though. I don't know Tom Brady to be the sport as bad of a sport as Lincoln Fela is. You were doing everything short of leading your relatives in a conga line. A lot of smack talk. It was Mother's Day, and you got embarrassed in front of your own mother. <laughs> That's true. She was watching the whole game. Dude, you can't imagine what a dirtbag he is. He's like, I'm beating you on Mother's Day in front of your mom. That's what he was saying. And Lincoln likes to, Lincoln likes to, as everyone knows, he likes to smack talk and antagonize me, but especially when I'm tired. So all we do, uh, the minute I got home from Tampa, I haven't slept in legitimately 10 days. He just waits for me at the front door to have a boxing match. Yeah. And then taunts, like, what are you going to do, go put on makeup? That's what he says. And what would you do? <laughs> no, there was no makeup. I was a civilian this weekend. I got plenty of TV coming up this week. But this uh, today is your big day, Link, man, and I owe you food uh, after, the, after the ceremony and everything in between. Uh, the other thing we got to throw out there to our audience is uh, uh, last time Lincoln was on the show, it was a Friday. You were in studio with Mommy. And at the end of the show fellow who handles the entire radio division at Fox News. I don't want to name him and implicate him in this because Lord knows where this could take us. But he came down the hall to the studio and handed you what? A microphone. A microphone. And he wants Lincoln. He wants Lincoln to start a podcast. He's like, yeah, you start a podcast, start interviewing your friends. So me and Lincoln have been talking about it. We've been working on it. My question for you, the Fox Across America listener, and maybe you can reach out on the Fox Across America Facebook page, is if Lincoln Fela had a podcast, would you listen to the podcast? The answer would be no. Oh, that was Obama saying the answer would be no. So you lost Obama, but you might gain some audience from this audience. I want to know from you guys who listen to the show. You can message me. You can dump it on the Facebook 
Facebook page. Would you listen to Lincoln's podcast? I have a, I have a feeling a lot of you would because, yo, in Tampa this week, man, everybody after the show was like, oh, your son's fantastic. How much did you pay these people to say that? None. You swear? Yeah, I've you never been to Tampa. <laughs> well, you're not welcome in Tampa after what Mikey did at the bar this weekend, Uh-oh. so you'll have to stick to Disney World in Orlando. Um, let me ask you this, Linkman. One of the things we did on Saturday when we weren't engaging in slap boxing and we weren't getting ready for that Madden Super Bowl you're so proud of is we watched, what was it called uh, with the Brenbergs? Oh, we watched Orangutan Boxing. Folks, if you haven't seen Orangutan Boxing on YouTube... Uh, I believe it's over in Cambodia, right? Yeah. There is an actual boxing match, complete with ring announcers, where it's female orangutans in bikinis holding up ring cards. <laughs> there's managers, there's announcers, there's doctors. It, is, it might be the funniest thing we've oh, ever yeah. watched on YouTube. It's pretty and funny. they add sound effects to it. Yeah, they add sound effects. There are monkey paramedics that show up. It was, this is the kind of fine parenting that's going on in our house. Did you get the feeling, because the Brenbergs were over. Everybody knows Brian Brenberg from the show. Uh, he was over with his lovely kids, Anna Maria, Timmy. Krista Brenberg was there. Did you get the feeling the Brenbergs were horrified, or did they like it? They liked it. You think so? Yeah. Because I'm always nervous when I expose other people's kids to what I expose you to. Yeah. Because most of the things you've seen would be grounds for me to lose a custody battle. Definitely. A lot of people don't know this, but when you were one years old, we once lost our babysitter at the last minute, and I had to take you on stage at the Gotham Comedy Club. Do you think that do you think that scarred you for life, or is that why you're like so comfortable ruining my show on the mic? Oh, definitely, that's why I'm so comfortable. <laughs> Lincoln was once on my. I'll I'll post a picture online. I once had to hold Lincoln for 15 minutes while I did a stand-up set in front of a crowd that thought it was adorable because they didn't realize I had a fat kid on my shoulder. Mm. You'd be easier to you'd be easier to hold now than you were then. Now yeah. you're like down what 50 pounds? Yeah, it's amazing and. uh you know, it might that might not stay that way because we do have some celebrating to do today if you don't get thrown out of the church, which yeah. is no guarantee. Try to behave, would you? My sponsor was Uncle Mikey. He wouldn't have cared if I was a mess. Your sponsor is your grandpa, and he would whoop that ass if you acted up. <laughs> so play a little defense. The show is over. Congratulations to the link, man. Congratulations to you guys. We're back here tomorrow to do it again. Don't forget to watch me on Gutfeld tomorrow night. Until then, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. Oh, what a jerk. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.